Hello, and welcome back to Fawson Company's Tax Credits Today podcast. I'm Michael Yeager, Vice President of Investments for Fawson Company. I work with institutional investors and large corporations to direct capital that is set aside for federal and state taxes into high-impact tax credit generating projects with a focus on renewable energy and carbon capture. Today, I'm joined by Don Lima, Vice President of Renewable Energy and Sustainable Technologies for Fawson Company. For this episode, we are diving into bioenergy, its various forms, and how it plays a vital role in the path toward a more sustainable future. Welcome, Don. Thanks, Michael. Excited to be here today and chat about bioenergy and the importance of tax equity in this industry. Excellent. Let's start by reviewing the basics. What is bioenergy? So bioenergy is any form of energy that's derived from organic materials, um, such as agricultural waste. So dairy farm waste um, would be a form of bioenergy. Crops, forestry residue, residential trash, and any other form of organic waste. Okay. Is biogas a form of bioenergy? Yes, certainly. Biogas is a form of bioenergy. Biogas is simply a gas, um, mostly comprised of methane, which is the molecule CH4. It's biogas that has been produced from the degradation of organic waste. And really, biogas is produced naturally uh, in environments where there's low levels of oxygen and degradable organic matter present. So atmospheric emissions of biogas from natural and man-made sources contribute to climate change due to methane's potent greenhouse gas properties. Biogas technology permits the recovery of this biogas through the use of an anaerobic digester where the organic matter is sealed in a vessel and then the biogas that's produced by the degradation is captured and it can be used for fuel for heating, um, electrical generation, mechanical power, and other uses. That's very interesting. Now, many of our listeners may be familiar with renewable natural gas or RNG. Is RNG a form of bioenergy? It is because what RNG is, or as you said, renewable natural gas, it really is just biogas that has been cleaned um, to pipeline quality. So what that means is um, biogas in, in its original form when it's first produced has amounts of carbon dioxide in it, so CO2. It has nitrogen, sulfur, and other impurities. It also has a water component. And for pipeline quality, those impurities and the water has to be removed. And that's really the difference between biogas and renewable natural gas is that it's been cleaned up for pipeline grade. It's different than fossil natural gas or brown gas because it comes from the degradation of organic matter. So you've already touched on this a little bit, but could you share with us what are some of the environmental benefits of RNG? So one of the top benefits of renewable natural gas or RNG is the reduced greenhouse gas emissions. So by Capturing the degradation of the organic matter and capturing that biogas that's being produced and converting it into a usable form, which is the renewable natural gas, we're actually reducing the amount of methane that is being released into the atmosphere. And methane heats up the atmosphere 25 times more than a pound of carbon dioxide does. So it's very impactful 
that we can avoid methane emissions. And so for every kilogram of methane that's emitted, it's equivalent to expressing it as 29.8 kilograms of CO2 equivalent. So methane as a greenhouse gas is much more potent than CO2. And so capturing the methane and converting it into a usable form of renewable natural gas has a significant impact on reducing uh, emissions and a positive impact on the atmosphere because we're preventing it from being released. Another, you know, important aspect or an environmental benefit of RNG is just the utilization of waste materials. So right now there's a push to live a more sustainable lifestyle as a human species, but even with our best efforts, we are not going to ever get to a point where we don't generate any waste. So projects where we're turning waste into energy, which is really what the bioenergy sector is all about, um, is such a great sustainable solution because we are taking waste and we're converting it to a usable form of energy. And then the third aspect, uh, environmental benefit of RNG, is the sustainable energy generation. So the bio, the biogas market right now in the U.S. isn't significantly large, but it is expected to grow here uh, and be over 37 billion by the year 2028. And really, when we think about it, the U.S. is behind Europe in terms of the number of operational biogas facilities. So as of 2023, the U.S. had more than 2,400 sites producing biogas in all 50 states. And just to break it down, that's 473 anaerobic digesters on farms, 1,269 uh, water resource recovery facilities using an anaerobic digester, 102 standalone systems that digest food waste, and 566 landfill gas to RNG projects. And for comparison, Germany alone has nearly 10,000 operating digesters, and some communities are essentially fossil fuel-free because of the waste energy operations that support those communities. Wow. Biogas and RNG hold a lot of promise, but there's still a lot of work to be done. How did the passing of the IRA impact the RNG industry? So the IRA was the Inflation Reduction Act that passed into law in August of 2022, and it was a $369 billion incentive plan. And it really expanded and extended numerous tax credits and incentive programs um, for the development of clean energy projects. And the biogas industry is one sector that benefited tremendously from the legislation as the act expanded the investment tax credit or the ITC under the code section 48 of of the internal revenue code um, to include qualified biogas facilities that begin construction before 2025. And by adding the language qualified biogas property to the eligible resources for the ITC, the IRA allowed for systems generating biogas for other purposes, including the sale of renewable natural gas uh, to benefit from the federal tax credit. So the IRA, um, including the biogas ITC into the language, really is a benefit to biogas project developers 
as it helps them offset the upfront costs of constructing the projects. With the IRA, the base rate for the ITC is 6%, which means that a project developer can claim um, 6% of the capital eligible capital costs for an ITC, and then that amount increases to 30% if they meet the prevailing wage and apprenticeship requirement. So, you know, just in theory, a developer who spends $100 million to produce um, a biogas property project could monetize $30 million in tax credits. And, you know, another point uh, is that the project, the biogas that is produced has to contain at least 52% methane to qualify for the credit. And there's other qualifications that are required too, but it has to have at least 52% methane. So this, um, the passing of the IRA and this opportunity to monetize their ITC really has been a new and exciting opportunity um, for the biogas RNG developers, you know, and, and now monetizing their tax credits really becomes an integral part of their project financing. So another um, point to note here was that the IRS actually released some new proposed guidance um, for the ITC, the investment tax credit, and included in that proposed guidance um, is some additional clarifications and requirements that impacted the biogas sector. Um, and in particular for RNG projects, the proposed guidance would exclude the gas upgrading equipment, which is really very necessary to upgrade the biogas um, to pipeline quality, as I explained earlier. And so, you know, unfortunately, this has had a very negative impact on the RNG industry because it has introduced um, policy uncertainty around the ability to monetize their ITC. And, you know, of the equipment, what equipment would be eligible in the ITC calculation and what equipment is may be deemed ineligible. We are now in the post-IRA period, and really the biogas industry has benefited greatly um, from the financial support of this incentive program. There is uh, certainly a lot of projects being developed, and the incentive to be able to monetize the ITC is very attractive to the developers. And, you know, on the other side, for the corporations, Corporations in the U.S. that have a tax liability, they really have a unique opportunity um, to help accelerate the development of this sustainable energy and really help decarbonize U.S. transportation fuels um, if they direct their tax liability into an investment in a sustainable energy project. The unique aspect about renewable natural gas is that it's interchangeable with fossil natural gas or brown gas, uh, as it's also called, it's a like-for-like like molecule, but the carbon intensity of RNG is, is lower, and in some cases much lower than fossil natural gas. So RNG from biogas is very attractive, and it is really uh, a sustainable energy solution. Thanks for that excellent overview. The uh, biogas ITC is really a tremendous incentive. And I think your your point about the proposed guidance really underscores the uh, need to work with somebody like Foss and Company when underwriting and discussing and developing uh, projects of this nature. 
Let's now shift gears and focus on the role that tax equity investors play in the growth of the biogas industry. How do tax equity investors facilitate accelerated growth in the biogas and RNG industry? So, Michael, corporate America has really such unique opportunity. You know, if, if they redirect their tax dollars to a biogas project, then they become tax equity investors and they really accelerate the development of this sustainable energy. Um, and, you know, from an investment perspective, they are making a reliable and attractive return on their investment. You know, in this kind of macroeconomic environment that we're in, having reliable and attractive returns on an investment um, is very positive and a lot of cases hard to find. But those tax credit dollars are really impactful uh, for developers in the biogas energy space. You know, the cost of borrowing capital is a lot higher for a developer that has to seek project financing to stand up their biogas project. The infusion of the tax equity investment is really very helpful, you know, to recycle capital, reduce more expensive debt that they might have to carry. And so uh, it translates into a lot of savings from the project developer's perspective. And it really can help them accelerate and develop more projects, which means that, you know, as a nation, we have more renewable natural gas with a lower carbon intensity and really moves the needle to decarbonize the transportation fuel space. That makes a lot of sense and uh, really seems to, to fill a gap in the marketplace. Uh, what are some of the unique advantages for tax equity investors who invest their tax dollars into bioenergy projects? Well, I think there's uh, there's two main advantages that are unique. You know, one is being a tax equity investor, uh, and when that investment comes with a cash flow during the term of the investment, those cash flows are very stable, very predictable. They're supported by long-term offtake contracts. And, you know, one of the aspects that we at FOSS are known for is thorough diligence. We um, we do a lot of diligence on the front end of an investment to have surety around the cash flows during the term of the investment. And then the second aspect is that the tax equity investor, because the biogas space is, is it's not new technology, but it's a newer investment for a tax credit investor. This really does allow for diversification of their tax credit investment portfolio. Um, so it's, you know, it's an ESG investment. It diversifies their tax credit investments and it gives them uh, stable and predictable cash flows for the term of the investment. Well said. Uh, I know you touched on this already a little bit, but uh, can you speak a bit more about some ways that policy impacts tax equity participation? Well, we're really seeing it with these uh, proposed guidance changes that the IRS just released in November. It has introduced some new uncertainty into the space. Now, uh, there's the impact really has been immediate from even project level debt. Entities want to see clarification around the ITC calculation to be able to make a decision. And so having that certainty in terms of policy and regulation really is uh, critical to advance projects, to attract investors, uh, and, 
the uncertainty just has uh, an immediate impact and a pretty deep impact into the space um, because there's just the certainty around being able to monetize the ITC. A, you know, in the most extreme case, are there some projects that are no longer eligible uh, for the ITC? And then if they are eligible, what is the ITC amount? Until we now have, again, more certainty around um, the ITC calculation, it really has caused a pause on some uh, projects. It certainly keeps us busy, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. So how does uh, bioenergy development drive the energy transition? So when we talk about uh, net zero and the U.S. Uh, has net zero goals, um, but the pathway to net zero requires more than just the provision of renewable electricity. And certainly an electric grid uh, gets a lot of uh, attention. It gets a lot of focus. At Future State, you know, you can envision a fully built out uh, renewable electrical grid and then uh, EV cars, so electric vehicles. Um, but you know, we're not there yet. That might be future state. Um, and so, you know, for current state, um, being able to employ renewable hydrocarbons uh, with a lower carbon intensity. So right now, you know, we have a built out infrastructure across the U.S. that supports uh, fossil natural gas and renewable natural gas blends like for like with fossil natural gas. So we don't have to build any new infrastructure to support a hydrocarbon transportation fuel that's got a lower carbon intensity and fits with the system that we have today while we work towards uh, an electrified system for the future. And for uh, specifically for industries, you know, and, and municipalities, all of the equipment that we currently have in place. So even when you think about your home, uh, and if you're running your dryer or your your stove using natural gas, renewable natural gas blends um, perfectly uh, with those systems that we already have. And there's no requirement for change. It's a like for like molecule with fossil natural gas, but it comes with a much lower carbon intensity than fossil natural gas does. You know, this is an immediate solution to help decarbonize transportation fuels. And it makes a useful product out of the waste uh, that we as a species, you know, will continue to produce. Yeah, I think the like for like aspect is really something that uh, should really help accelerate the RNG uh, industry moving forward because it just lowers the bar for um, acceptance. Right. So we've covered a lot of ground so far, but do you have any final thoughts that uh, you'd like to share with our listeners? You know, I think the bioenergy space in the U.S. Uh, is truly an exciting sector, and it's seen a lot of growth, and it's got of a lot of attention with the passing of after the passing of the IRA in August of 22. Uh, and certainly, you know, tax credits have been used in the U.S. for a long time to incentivize investment into certain areas. It's used as a social engineering tool by the government, and it certainly had that uh, very positive impact on investment towards the bioenergy, biogas sector, and renewable natural gas. Those are all kind of titles uh, that one could use pretty interchangeably. 
And this is really um, an ideal time for corporations to redirect their tax liability to an attractive investment. Um, and, you know, an investment in renewable energy, bioenergy projects being one of those opportunities. And, and just overall, tax credit investors really have a pivotal role and a unique ability to accelerate the development of sustainable energy and really lower carbon intensity of our transportation fuels and have almost an immediate impact to decarbonize transportation fuels because these projects, they don't take very long to stand up and they're not as expensive. So the acceleration is is more feasible than some of the really big decarbonization projects that we've heard about uh, the being developed in the U.S. And so it's, you know, it's really an opportunity if we could engage more uh, corporations that have been paying their tax liability to, you know, come to the table as a tax credit investor and direct their tax liability into an investment that has an attractive return and really be a force for good to stand up more projects in renewable energy, sustainable technology, there'd be more acceleration. So it's really, you know, a very collaborative future where the, the tax equity investors really have such a role in shaping what our sustainable energy landscape is going to look like um, and really support the developers in the bioenergy space and renewable natural gas to, um, you know, help them in a project finance way that only a tax credit investor can do um, and accelerate and have more projects so that, you know, a larger percentage of the transportation fuel we use could come from renewable natural gas projects. Great insights, Dawn. As we wrap up, it's clear that the intersection of tax equity and bioenergy is not only shaping the future of energy, but also driving positive change for our planet. We hope our listeners found today's discussion inspiring and informative. Remember, the power to accelerate the energy transition lies in collaboration and informed action. Whether you're a developer with a vision for or an investor seeking impactful opportunities, exploring the world of tax equity and bioenergy could be your next step towards a cleaner and greener future. A big thank you to Dawn for sharing her invaluable insights and to all our listeners for joining us on this episode. Thanks so much, Michael. It was uh, it was great to visit with you about RNG and uh, biogas. And if any listeners have any questions or want to learn more, please feel free to reach out and follow us on LinkedIn. Stay tuned for more exciting discussions on the horizon.